Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey everybody, my name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life. And no matter where you are today, whether you're watching online or you're streaming in your car as you drive, we just want to say thank you for engaging with today's message. We hope that no matter where you are in life, it will be an encouragement to you and that it will cause you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. We also want to challenge you and say don't leave today without taking the next step that you need to take in your faith journey. One of the ways that we can help you with that is if you go to branchlife.church, you'll find steps there on how to take that next step for you. Again, we're thankful that you've engaged with us today, and we hope that we'll see you in the weeks to come. Hi guys, Josh here from Branch Life Church, and if you're anything like me, there's a good chance you're running on empty. Hey, it would just make sense with everything that's being thrown at us from pandemics to politics to hurricanes and fires and homeschooling. Oh my. And on top of it all, we've had to be socially distanced, which to be honest, for many of us means we've been spiritually distanced. All that together means that we can be running on an empty tank. And I want to encourage you to do something about that by being a part of a brand new series that we're launching at Branch Life Church called Overflow. During this series, we're going to be looking at five phrases that you can use in your life to refill yourself spiritually every day. This will have an impact on your relationships and even on your life. And as we look at these phrases that come from the book of Psalms, you'll find yourselves connecting spiritually in a way that you've never connected before. That's completely necessary and needed during this season so that you no longer have to run on an empty tank, but you can run in the strength and the energy that God provides. So you're invited to join us for this brand new series at Branch Life, whether live in person on Sunday mornings, outdoors, or online at branchlife.church. We hope that you'll take this time to fill yourself back up spiritually and you'll join us for this brand new series we're calling Overflow. Everybody, welcome to week one of our Overflow series. We are glad you joined us. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life Church. Man, we'd love to have you connect and engage with us uh, during this series. And as we're jumping into it, every time you're able to log in and watch with us, go ahead and let us know you're involved. Comment in the comment section. Better yet, even fill out one of those response cards that will be linked in your online viewing platform. We're jumping into a brand new series we're calling Overflow, where we're talking about five phrases 
you should say every day. These are five powerful phrases that if you use them will radically change your life. Well, how do we know that? Well, this is what the Bible says. So we are going to jump into week one of this series today. As we're jumping into the series overflow, every week we're going to look at one of these five phrases and highlight the psalm where we are taught about that phrase. And we believe that Christians should use these phrases. And because of the connection that we have with God, these phrases are possible as our relationship with God grows. Uh, these phrases uh, came from a conversation with Gordon McDonald, a, lo a longtime author and pastor and preacher and speaker. And Gordon McDonald has hit the age of 80. And he's looking back on his 80 years and he put together a document that is called the 15, uh, 15 Insights from the View at 80. And this is what Gordon says. And this is one of his 15 insights. He says, be quick to say with sincerity. These five phrases, thank you, well done, I'm sorry, I forgive you, and how can I help? As an 80-year-old, as a Christian, Gordon McDonald says that these are five of the most powerful phrases that should be regularly a part of our vocabulary, yet we often struggle with these phrases. But our relationship with God can empower us to use these powerful phrases in every day. And so as we look at these phrases through the next five weeks, we hope that you will lean in. And the reason we call the series Overflow is from Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35, it says this, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, what you say first comes from what is in your heart. Your heart's overflow is represented in the words that you use. And as followers of Jesus, we want our hearts to be filled with Christ. We want our hearts to be filled with goodness, with kindness, with the fruit of the Spirit. And so our words should match our belief. Our hearts should be overflowing with good things. And we're going to see in the Psalms times where these psalmists, these songwriters, these authors overflowed with these words and the power that these words have in our relationship with God and in our relationship with other people. So today we're going to start by looking at Psalm 138 and the powerful phrase, thank you. One of the most powerful phrases in the English language, in any language, two words put together that are life-changing, that can encourage a soul, that can, that can penetrate the darkness. Thank you is a powerful, powerful phrase. And I wish that I was in the mood that David was in when he wrote this psalm. I wish I was in this mood all the time. You know, when you jump into the Psalms, you can sometimes find some where there's sadness, where there's discouragement, where there's fear, where there's doubt, where there's confusion, where there's sorrow. But in Psalm 138, that's not the mood. In Psalm 138, David is overflowing with thankfulness. Have you ever been here? Have you ever been in this moment where you were so thankful that you couldn't help but express your gratitude? Whether you were cheering or whether you were excited uh, or whether you were just so overwhelmed by an act of kindness that someone had poured out on your behalf that you just had to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The Bible has a lot of these stories and talks about moments and times where people said thank you and also shows us moments and times where people forgot to say thank you. you know, some of the deepest hurts that I have are in moments where I poured myself out and instead of receiving gratitude, 
I received spite. And all I wanted them to say was thank you, but all they could say was hurtful things. There's been other moments where I felt like thank you was totally undeserved, and yet it was poured out graciously on me in a spirit of generosity. That is what these words represent. Maybe you're a mom who has slaved over a hot meal and you get it all ready for the family and it's all set up and it's gorgeous and it's on time and everyone slips in, but they're, they're not thankful for the meal. They're just upset about this, that, and the other that happened during the day and your meal gets eaten or, or commented on and they leave you with a bunch of dirty dishes and every single person in that family walks out of that kitchen and doesn't say, thank you. Doesn't feel that good. But in those moments where they dig in and, oh my goodness, this was the best will ever, and thank you, mom, thank you so much for this dinner, man, it changes everything. David found himself in this moment overflowing with gratitude, and he couldn't help but express to God his spirit of thankfulness as it overflowed. Let's look at Psalm 138 together, and I'll read this for us. If you have your Bibles, jump in, and we're going to concentrate on the first two verses in this, but let's read the whole psalm together. It's not a long one. Psalm 138, starting in verse 1, it says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise, and I bow down towards your holy temple. And I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of my soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth should give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. And they shall sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. And though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You you stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose in me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Psalm 138 is a a psalm of thankfulness. It's a celebration, and it's a time where David says thank you. As we look at these these first two verses in this psalm, we're going to take time to go section by section today and see how thankfulness can and should be one of the most powerful phrases that we use every day. And these first two verses are gonna show us a couple things. The first thing that they're gonna show us are three things that thankful Christians will always do. You know, if you have a spirit of thankfulness, if you have been filled with gratitude or filled with the presence of the Lord and your heart is overflowing, there's three things that you're going to do. They're going to happen. It's kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. Thankfulness results in these three things. And we see them right here in the beginning of this verse. Number one, Words of thanks come from a heart filled with thanks. When your heart is filled with gratitude and you begin to overflow, it will affect your words. Remember our theme verse for the series, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you have thankfulness, when you've recognized and seen good things and you have been touched by someone, you will express words of thanks. There have been a couple of people throughout history who were known for their thankful attitudes. One of our presidents, George W. Bush, was known for writing handwritten notes of thanks, even well into the digital age. There is something special in this moment, in this time, about a handwritten note that just simply says thank you. Every one of his grandkids, every one of his friends, every those that he served with on both parts of the aisle, he would regularly and daily write these notes. And here's what's so powerful about a note. They get kept. 
They get reread. They get cherished. And one note, one expression of thanks can be can be a reminder time after time after time of that powerful appreciation. George MacDonald, who gave us this list, he talks about the thankfulness and the gratitude that overflows in his wife's spirit. And she also is a, is a note writer. And what dumbfounds him is that she can be thankful over something that he would completely miss. He talks about the ushers at his church who will be escorting someone else, not even them, to their seat. And maybe it was a particularly uh, elderly person. And she'll notice the, the love and the care that that usher will have for that other person and take the time that afternoon to write that usher a note and say, hey, I noticed that you you took extra time to help that gentleman to his seat. And I wanted to let you know that I appreciated that. And I, I was touched by that. Thank you. And she writes these notes to random people expressing these ideas of thanks. And the same thing happens. These notes get cherished. And, and years after these notes have been received, people have kept these notes and were touched by it. Why? Because thankful words are powerful words. Thankful words are healing words, and they come from hearts full of gratitude. You know, if you recognize what God has done in your life and in your heart, you can't help but be thankful. So one of the symptoms of a heart that's filled with the love of God is words of thankfulness. And if your words do not include thankfulness, if you're someone that complains more often than you're grateful, if you're someone that's more angry instead of kind, you can look to your heart to resolve that problem. And as we go through the psalm, we'll see how to fill ourselves up so that we can have words of thankfulness. Now, the second thing, oh, when we see this in Psalm 138, remember, he says, I give thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. You see, thankful words come from your entire heart. It's an overflow of your soul. The second thing that thankful people do is songs of thanks come from a heart filled with thanks. So when you have a thankful heart, you're going to express it through song. You might be able to not necessarily sing to your best friend or send the thank you gram with the, uh, with the barbershop quartet, but songs of thankfulness are powerful ways that we have to say thank you, particularly in our relationship with God. This is one of the reasons that songs of worship are included in our gatherings, because we get to say thank you to God through song. And when we passionately worship through song, God is thanked. God is given this offering of praise, and we shout to him from the rooftops, thank you. And we sing these songs of thanks to our God. When you come into a time of worship and you're able to say, I'm going to offer God my thanks, and your heart is overflowing, that worship will be powerful and passionate and sweet. When's the last time your worship to God, your singing of songs to God was powerful, passionate, and sweet? One of the challenges we have during the pandemic and if we're split up and we're worshiping only online is it's hard to worship alone. It's hard to sing songs by yourself. You may be good at singing it in the, in singing in the shower or singing in your car, but not so good at singing in your uh, family living room while the broadcast is online. And for me, that was the case. I found myself missing worshiping together and singing these songs. And the first Sunday that we were able to begin meeting outdoors and we came together, it caught me totally by surprise when we started singing the songs, I became emotional. 
started hearing other people sing and, and be able to thank and praise our God together in one voice. There was power and there was passion in that moment and it overwhelmed my soul. And I found myself struggling to even say the words, but passionately and, and with everything that I had, worshiping God through song. When you realize that what God has done for you and how he has saved you and how God is walking with you in times of trouble, you can't help but sing passionately to that God. To be able to worship him from your bottom of your toes to the tips of your fingers, to be able to sing to him at disregarding the quality of the sound, to be able just to say, God, thank you, thank you, I praise God Almighty. Worship is an expression of thanks that cannot be avoided by people who are have hearts full of thanks. If you're someone that's on the fence about church, on the fence about worship, on the fence about gathering together, I want to encourage you to fill your heart with God's love. And when we get to this talk about what, it, what causes our heart to fill to this point, lean in so that you will run to worship, so that you will run to passionate singing and praising of God our Father. And when you find yourself in the opportunity to worship God, to fully express your thanks, it's always a challenge when we are worshiping and you notice that other people are struggling in that moment or easily distracted in that moment and you wonder what's, what's wrong. Is it the song? Is it the song leader? Is it, is it, usually the problem is a heart problem, not a presentation problem. When your heart is full of thanks, you can't help but sing to God. Look at our verse here in Psalm 138. Remember, I give thanks to you, Lord, with my whole heart before the gods. I sing your praise. What David is saying is that when he sings praises to the one and only God, it doesn't matter who else is around. It doesn't matter who else is being worshipped. He is singing God's praise, the God, the one true God, to every with everyone that is around. And finally, the third thing that happens when your heart is full of thanks is acts of thanks come from a heart filled with thanks. Not only are you going to say thankful words, are you going to say thank you and say words that show gratitude and appreciation. Not only are you going to have to sing praises and say, sing songs of gratitude, but you will then do things that display your heart's expressions. You are going to have acts of gratitude that will take place. And in Psalm 138, the act that David specifically talks about is after singing your praise, I bow down towards your holy temple. Have you ever been so touched by someone's work, by someone's generosity on your behalf, that all you could do was humble yourself and say thank you. I don't deserve this. I can't believe you would do this for me. How could you go out of your way and do this incredible act of kindness for me? And it causes your physical posture to change. That is an action of gratitude that takes place. When your heart is full, it changes your words, it changes your song, and it actually changes your actions. When we realize what God has done for us on our behalf, his great love for little lonely us, when God in all of his greatness stops and pays attention and gives himself for us and for our behalf, we bow and we humble ourselves and we say, thank you, God, I can't believe you did that for me. When our hearts are full, it changes our actions. 
And God says to us, and, and the theme of our church is that the stronger our connection to Christ, the more that we are, are recognizing Christ's hands, God's love, uh, God's power, and God's presence, the more that we will bear fruit. And the fruit that we bear enables us to do acts of kindness, to in some small way show our appreciation to who God is. When we love another person, when we're patient with someone, when we're able to, to be kind and to have self-control, when we're able to show through acts of service and acts of kindness God's love for us and God's love for other people, we do that because we know what God has done for us. It's hard to forgive somebody else until you realize how much you've been forgiven. It's hard to be grateful and do things for someone else until you realize how much you have to be grateful for. And it'll literally change the way you act. So you might be asking yourself, well, this is great. I, I wish I was more thankful with my words. I wish I was more passionate with my worship. I wish I was had did, did more things to display gratitude and humble myself, but I'm just not that person. How do I get there? Well, the way that you get there is you fill your heart and the rest will overflow. So the rest of the psalm that we're looking at in these two verses gives us four ways God overflows our heart. You see, many of us are not grateful because we struggle to have hearts full of God's love. And the principle of an overflowing heart is simple. The more that we allow God to pour into us, the more that we see God's presence in our lives, the more that we recognize God's work and God's hand, the more that we worship him, the more that we spend time with him, the more that we fellowship with him, the more that we see what he is doing on our behalf and the sacrifice that he has given, the more that we overflow. And we're not going to be able to help but overflow. But what happens when we're empty? What happens when life gets hard? What happens when we just feel like we can't go on for another day? When, when we're just completely poured out and instead of being grateful, we find ourselves frustrated and annoyed and we find hurt and pain. Instead of being grateful for other people, we're mad at other people and we divide from them. Well, that's an, a symptom of emptiness. No matter how hard you try, you are not going to be able to fill up your own heart to the point of overflowing. You're not going to be able to go on enough vacation days. You're not going to be able to get enough rest. You're not going to be able to have enough conversations and, and uh, uh, get some enough downtime to fill yourself back up. That is not how we were designed. All of us have an empty spot in our hearts. And the empty spot is a spot that can only be filled by God. You have been designed to be filled by God and God alone. Yet we are very good at trying to fill this emptiness with all kinds of things. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to fill it with other people. We try to fill it with, with pleasure and with comfort and with stuff. We try to fill it with, with drinking. We try to fill it with, with cars and money. We try to fill it with all kinds of things. But you, as you've tried those things, know that they don't fill. That they just result in more emptiness. And, and you can find yourself having a sour, discouraged spirit instead of a grateful one. So what do we do? How do we fill ourselves back up? That's what David explains to us. He's going to give us four ways that we can simply refill our spirit. And these four ways 
will bring us to the point where we overflow with gratitude. So let's dive in to the rest of the chapter. So in, in Psalm 138, as we go into these four ways, he says the things that we've looked at, I give thanks to you with my whole heart. I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple. And I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. You know, there's just four things here that David recognizes that fill our souls. There's four things here that fill our heart and give us the spirit of gratitude. Let's just lift them for you. Number one, God's steadfast love. You are loved by God. There is, there is no place that you can go from God's love. There's no place that you can go from God's spirit. You are loved by God. There's nothing that you have done that's so bad that God doesn't love you. God loved you so much that he gave his only son for you. God's love is a self-sacrificial love where he gives of himself so that you can have everything. That's what God does. And that's God's love for you. He has designed you. He has created you. He loves you as a father loves a son. He loves you with every fiber of his being. Never doubt the love of God. And when you see and when you feel God's love, it will fill your heart and your soul. I think about those hard days that I come to the end of the day and I'm just struggling. I'm empty. I'm tired. And I just, I don't have any emotions to give. One of the most powerful things that can happen in that moment is when my wife will come into the room and simply put her arm around me and sit with me. I feel myself being filled back up because I know that my wife, who is in my presence, loves me. She cares about me. That she's in this moment thinking of me. God's love. God's love can be the thing that fills you back up. David was so excited in this psalm because he had seen God's love demonstrated in his life. He had seen God working. He had seen God moving in powerful ways. And it's not whether or not we see God's love. It's not whether or not it's there. It's whether or not we see God's love in our lives. God loves you and God is present with you every day. When you see that love, it fills you up. God is God's faithfulness also fills us back up. There's, there, there is a day-by-day -day faithfulness that God has in us and for us. God is not a distant God who lives in a far-off land, who kind of put things in motion and then, left, and then left. No, God is faithful to us every moment of every day. God is, as we talked about in some of these other Psalms, the author of our lives. And he is writing our story. And he has given us promises that we can hold on to. And we said this last week, and I want you to lean in on this and don't forget it, that the promises of God turn our problems into opportunities. And when we see God's faithfulness, when we see God taking our problems and turning them into opportunities, when we cast our cares on him and he carries for them for us, when we see that there is no breaking of his word, then we realize that we have nothing but gratitude in our hearts. Even our problems become goodness in the hands of a faithful God. David saw God's name as a powerful way to fill your spirit. And I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with your walk with God, if you're struggling with your relationship with God, to do a, a word study on God's names. And God's name has power. 
And God is called by many names in the Bible. And these names of God all represent an attribute of God that can be celebrated and life-giving. Whether he is our provider, whether he is our leader, whether he is our guide or our savior, our father or our friend, all of these are represented in the names of God. And so when we worship the name of God by his name and by no other name is life found, but in the name of God. And what the last thing that filled David's soul in this moment is the word of God. God's word, God's powerful word in our lives. Do everything that you can to insert God's word into your heart so that you think about it day and night, so that you remember it in times of trouble. God's word fills our heart back up. So what do I do if I'm empty? What if I do if I'm at the end of myself? There's nothing that you can do to fill yourself up. You've got to connect to God to see and feel his love, to know the faithfulness of his promises, to realize the character that's found in his name and to uh, depend on and read his words. When you do these four things, your soul fills and you overflow with gratitude, first to God and then to others around you. The psalm goes on and it's an incredible psalm that we read through and we see how God works in kings' lives and in the lives of the people of that time. And the psalm ends in verses 7 to 8 with these thoughts. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. In these days, as we are traveling through 2020, we we start blaming 2020 for all of our problems. We start seeing uh, that there's another disaster, another fire, another hurricane, another flood, another pandemic, another spike right around the corner. They canceled those classes again. We are now uh, having to follow more orders and stipulations. Is this ever going to go away? Hey, even when you walk in the mix of trouble, remember God preserves your life and the Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. God has a plan for you. God has uh, your days marked out. Now, I want to encourage you with this closing thought today. Thankful people say thank you often, even in times of trouble. So how has your spirit been during this pandemic? Have you been someone who's overflowed with thankfulness or someone who's overflowed with discouragement? Have you been someone who has complained or have you been someone who has shown gratitude? You know, you... We as a church have been assisting the families who 45 days ago lost everything in the Ashwood fires. And day after day after day, we've partnered with these families to assist them in their recovery. We've built some incredible friendships and some incredible relationships, but talk about people going through hard times. And there have been two moments in this journey where I have been touched by gratitude. The first moment about a month into the fire, we're in the, in the midst of uh, working with these families and trying to figure out what was going on. And we're busy day after day and, and someone handed me a note in the craziness. And I didn't think anything about it. I just took it and I shoved that note into my notebook and I, I left it sit there for a little while and, and honestly forgot about it. And then a few days later, uh, another note was given and I grabbed that note and I put it in the same place. And when I opened that notebook, I realized, oh, there was two notes here. And so I opened the notes 
the first note was from an older couple that had lost everything in the fire and they had been through some incredibly difficult times and they simply had taken time to go buy a thank you card. We know they didn't have one because they lost everything in the fire. And in that thank you card, they specifically by name said to me, hey, thank you for everything that you're doing. The second note that was given was also a thank you note. And but this is where it got really touching. That fire victim had gone out and purchased a gift card. A gift card for me and my wife. The reason that's so touching is because for over a month, we have been collecting gift cards for them. We've been trying to give them gift cards so that they can have food, so that they can have supplies, so that they can have the things that they need. But this person was so touched and so grateful for what has happened that she took time to buy a gift card for me. It might as well have been worth $5,000 because of how much it was for, it cost her to say thank you. Those were hearts filled with thankfulness, even in troubled times. And as Christians, we all of anybody should be able to have thankfulness, even in troubled times. Philippians 4.8 says, brothers and sisters, we're supposed to think on what is good, what is excellent, and what is praiseworthy. But so often we think on our trouble and our discouragement. Fill your heart with God so that you overflow with thankfulness even in troubled times. Now for some of you, you're here today and you're saying, hey, I, I, I don't know God. I don't, I don't know if I believe in God. And I want to invite you into a personal relationship with God so that you can begin filling this God-shaped hole that you have in your heart with Him. And remember, He's loved you so much that He gave His only Son for you. So if you confess your sin, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And you can do that right now in this moment. You can decide to become a follower of Jesus and allow Him to fill your heart. See what He has already done with, for you. And He promises, and He's faithful to fulfill His promise, that if you accept him, if you believe in him, that he will give you eternal life. Will you become a follower of Jesus today? If you have any questions about that, we'd love for you to click on the gospel tab at branchlife.church and follow along there and get your questions answered. Reach out and contact us or let us know if you've prayed to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior even during this broadcast. For those of you that know Jesus, would you renew your connection and your faith with him? Would today dive deeper in love with Jesus so that you will this week use words of gratitude, sing songs of praise to God, and do acts of kindness to those around you out of a grateful heart? We have so much to be thankful for, even in troubled times. Take time to count your blessings and use this powerful phrase, thank you, as often as you can. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Join us next week as we jump into phrase number two from another one of the Psalms and talk about how we can transform our lives as we fill our hearts with the love of God. Thank you for joining us today. Have a good rest of your day.